0: You are about to listen to my conversation with Sandra Richards, house manager and co-owner of the Elizabeth Home in Pontiac, Illinois, an organization that she and her husband run where they provide housing and mentorship to new and soon-to-be mothers in need. This conversation was thought-provoking and deeply moving, and I'm sure that you're going to enjoy it. If you enjoy this show and you want to show your support for it, I invite you to share this video with your friends, subscribe on YouTube, like the show on Facebook, follow it on Instagram, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. But if you would like to directly contribute to the show's improvement and production, I would love for you to become a patron on Patreon.com forward slash Paul Garcia, where you'll get exclusive early access to new episodes as well as some exclusive content in general. You can also make one-time donations on Venmo to The Paul Garcia Show if that is something that you would like to do. I'd like to take this chance to thank my current beloved patrons, Ben Traub, Ann Barnes, Parker Shilson, Donnie Bounds, Miranda Noyes, Alyssa Ricketts, Henry Steffen, and Seth Steidinger. You guys are amazing. Today's sponsors are Marcelloni's Pizza in Fairbury, Trisha's Treasures in Fairbury, Forest Edge Tree Service in Livingston County, Hoffman's Little Acres in Fairbury, The Coffee Steamer in Forest and Fairbury, and Fairbury Furniture, of course, in Fairbury. Now, without further ado, here is my conversation with Sandra Richards. Hello and welcome to The Paul Garcia Show, a show about the remarkable people of Central Illinois. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and I invite you to join me as I speak with these individuals about their stories, the lessons they've learned, and the knowledge they've gained along the way. Tune in every Sunday to witness the power of bringing each new individual's unique journey into the spotlight. What exactly do you do and does the Elizabeth Home do?
1: Okay. Absolutely. Um, we are a home where we bring women into our house that are um, either have small children or are pregnant, and we just teach them life skills within our house. Some of those things include how to discipline your children and how to make a meal plan, how to do a cleaning schedule on how to clean um, your house we do finances like anything that you could possibly think of that you would need to be able to live on your own that's what we teach them in our house
0: okay so it's it's almost like a motherhood 101 course
1: yeah absolutely and it's it's all you know it's all day we're there 24/7 to be able to help um, I mean they live in our house so mm. it's um, whatever they need, whenever they need, we're there to to help them. So
0: okay, maybe that's something I actually didn't realize. They live in your house. Yes. Okay. Can you explain that? Elaborate on that a little more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a basement downstairs. That's kind of set up like an apartment. They have their own kitchen. They have a living room, a couch. You know, the TV, anything that you would need for your apartment. We have it in our house that's downstairs. Then we have the main level where we will do dinners together. We'll help meal meal plan. Um, they We do birthday parties and we do all, like they're part of our family is, Holy cow. is how it is. So yeah, so we're always there. Um, if you're having a hard time putting your kid to bed, we'll go downstairs and help you put your kid to bed at night or whatever that might be. Um, that's what we do.
0: So do you personally, you don't live there, live there. Yes. Are you, do you live there? <laughs> I
1: live there, this is, live there. Is this a home?
0: Yes. <laughs> I, this I is actually. A house house. Really?
1: Yeah. Like our bedrooms are upstairs, so they're not like allowed to go into our, um, bedrooms or the upstairs. The main level, they can be on the main level whenever they want. Mm. And then, yeah, they're downstairs.
0: Okay. Well, so you look this place up on Google and you you learn that it's a business. I mean, it has a business page. That's why I figured it was, you know, a business like building, something like you would see in downtown Pontiac. So I'm I'm a bit surprised it is this your personal house then or do no. you have employees that kind of like
1: So, we have a board and it's like the Elizabeth Home House. So the board, they um, make decisions on um, what the things need to look like and how that all works. So we moved into this house for it being the Elizabeth home. Like we were hired to come in to do this job.
0: Okay, I see. Who is Elizabeth?
1: (laughs) So the name comes actually from um, the Bible when um, Mary got pregnant, um, she went to Elizabeth for um, for comfort, for rest, for someone to love on her and to accept her. And so that's really what we want when women come into our house. We want them to know that we love them and we care about them and we just want to be that resting place um, for them, whatever reason why they're coming to our house.
0: I see. Just curious, in the Bible, when Mary goes and visits Elizabeth, is that, uh, is that her cousin or something? And is that when Jesus, like, or no, Elizabeth is also pregnant at the time, right? Correct. And who is her son, I assume, I don't think it was a daughter, that, like, leapt in the womb or something, right, when yeah. Mary came around? Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, okay, okay. But
1: I'm not pregnant.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that straight. So, <clears throat> so... On your website, it says that you help mothers and soon to be mothers who are in difficult or they're struggling with life issues. Right. Can you give me some examples of what those issues might be?
1: Absolutely. Um, if they are finding that they no longer can live at the house that they're at, if they're Mm -hmm. young and they find out that they're pregnant and their parents are saying, you can't live here anymore. Um, some might be trying to get away from abusive relationship Mm -hmm. or really whatever that might look like that they've found themselves in a place where they don't have anywhere to go and then they can come us. And we have a program set up. It's a six-month program to where, again, we teach them all these things to help them get back up on their feet and to be able to live out on their own successfully.
0: So this is called the Elizabeth House, not the Elizabeth Subdivision. So you can only have one family, I would presume, at a time in this house, right? Correct. Is there a time limit? How long they can be there?
1: We like to keep it at six months. Um, If it needs, if we can, if we see that there still needs Mm -hmm. to be some more help, we can extend that time, but that's per client, um, kind of from case to case or woman to woman, depending on what their needs are during that time.
0: Okay. And so do you ever have single mothers just, or do they have to be mothers? Do they have to be soon to be mothers or, and I, I mean, I know you're not turning people away or anything per se. But are there certain requirements that have to be met in order for someone to be able to stay at the Elizabeth home?
1: Really just a teachable heart. Like that's Mm. what we desire is someone that is willing to learn and to want change and to want to grow, to be a better mom, a parent. We actually did just kind of open it up to um, other women that may not be pregnant um, or have small children, ultimately our focus is mo- mothers who are pregnant or have small children like they mm-hmm. come first in line but if there is someone that is finding themselves in a situation where they are needing somewhere to stay and they're willing to grow and um, change within the time period that we have absolutely they are more than welcome to come to our house
0: we are brought to you by Hoffman's Little Acres in Fairbury Illinois. Hoffman's Little Acres is a small family farm owned and operated by Scott and Anna Hoffman and their four kids. They provide quality, non-GMO beef, pastured chicken and milk-fed pork, which makes for the best bacon that you'll ever have, and also free-range eggs, raw honey from their own hives, handcrafted goat milk soap, and other bath products. For wholesome meats and treats, visit nowhere else but Hoffman's Little Acres in Fairbury, Illinois. Something you mentioned was that every once in a while, well, I don't know how often, but you said that sometimes young mothers, you know, unexpected mothers, are kicked out of their houses or just kind of rejected by their families. Maybe
1: mm-hmm. is that
0: does that happen? Maybe more often than we think. I, I yeah. don't know. That you have to be pretty harsh to do that to your kid, I would think.
1: It, it really does happen, especially young moms, um, that they their parents or aunt or uncle or whoever, grandma and grandpa, whoever they're living with, they just don't want to, to deal with that. Or, um, especially if it's unexpected and they just say, well, you're, you're done. You know, we, we don't, um, want to deal with this or whatever that might be. Um, yes, it does happen more than what you would think.
0: Wow. And, just so I kind of understand how this operation runs, do you... So how many employees do you have?
1: It's just me and my husband.
0: Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> There's no employees.
0: That's so interesting. Like, because, oh my goodness, I got it all wrong, I guess. Because it's it's a business and you guys have a website that's very business-like. And I just figured it operates like a, like a business, but it's truly your how ha- Well, it's the, well, your in, second home almost, right? Or no. This is our home. Your prime home... For good. You're always here.
1: Yes, we're always there. Yes.
0: Okay. So we're actually like, like,
1: (laughs) no, we're a nonprofit organization. Uh So it's not like there's, you know, like this revenue that's, I mean, we're all off donations is how we run. Wow. And we we do have volunteers that will help with things. Like one of the things that um, we ask the people to do when they, the women that come in, is like anger management. Like, we have someone that will come in and teach them a book, bu- you know, go through a book on what God says about anger and what righteous anger is and, you know, how to navigate some of that stuff. Another thing that we require is celebrate recovery on Monday nights. There's, they're hurting. They might have some habits, I'm sure, or some hangups that they need to work through in order to continue to, um, be able to um, parent or to go through life, I'm sure that they have a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. If they're coming into our home, I'm sure that there's things that have happened in their life where they're needing to be freed from. And so that's really what Celebrate Recovery is is about. It's not just about like recovering from drugs. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that you can go to Celebrate Recovery for. So that's just another avenue or something that is required of them. But a lot of it is... Um, I mean, we have a volunteer that comes in to show them how to do a meal plan. Mm -hmm. What does a meal plan look like? How do we go grocery shopping? Sometimes these little things that we take for granted, that we just know, there's lots of people out there that don't know how to do those things. They weren't taught how to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I come from a, a family that taught me that, but that's not the case for some of these people out there.
0: Right, absolutely, and you know what? You talk about grocery shopping. That's more complex than you might think. <laughs> I mean, if you look in my fridge, you will see a bunch of turkey and chicken. So half the time, I don't have bread and it. oh, like vegetables. Like I'm sure my body is lacking nourishment in some departments. It's it's to me it's difficult. Okay, so do
1: you need to come live in our house? I'll yeah, I think, think just for a little while.
0: Maybe you just need to go to the grocery shopping <laughs> seminar. But yes. but um, <clears throat> okay. So something I've noticed is that your charisma and your organization's charisma and what you guys stand for is similar to, I had Sarah Brummett on the Mm -hmm. show who's with Hope Pregnancy Center. You guys are both, correct me if I'm wrong, unapologetically Christian. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And is, does that, is that part of the thing, the... Is that part of the curriculum, I guess, for lack of a better term, that you try to teach to the people that come through your home?
1: Absolutely. Everything that we teach them always goes back to what the Bible says about that, what God says about your finances, what God says about your anger, what God says about your hurts and your habits, and making sure that they are getting that saturated in them. Like We're Mm -hmm. doing this because this is what God says. We're not like making these rules or regulations or these things that you have to do because we're trying to be mean to you. We're doing these things because this is what God has called us to do and what God wants for your life as well and your children's lives.
0: Will you sometimes uh, offer some tough love? Do you oh, ever, absolutely. you ever get like pretty strict with your... What, what do you call them? Do you call them clients or do you call them guests?
1: I mean, we have called them clients before, but... I don't really look at it like that. Like, these are my women. These are my girls. Like, they become like my children in a sense, even though sometimes I'm not very much older than them, Mm -hmm. but it's, um, they're like my family. Like, that's what it turns into. And, and do I correct my daughter with tough love? Absolutely. I do. Mm -hmm. Do I correct a woman that lives in my home? Absolutely I do. And I always make sure that I tell them I say this because I love you and so does God.
0: Genuine, true, honest love often looks like like well, it's tough love. You like, know, if if when I love my kid, I don't have kids, but I if a parent truly loves their kids, they will discipline them in ways that will make them better members of society that will serve them later on and improve their livelihood and their quality of life. They'll have better relationships, they'll mm-hmm. have better mental health, they'll be more well-accepted, mm-hmm. they'll have friends. Their mm-hmm. sense of everything's going to be exponentially better if you discipline your kids and make them upset probably right. when they are young. Whereas if I don't quite as deeply love a friend, an acquaintance, they may act up, be an idiot, and I won't correct them. So to these days, I don't know. I could almost go on a rant about parents trying to be their kids' best friends. Right? That ain't. That's probably not the way to do it, if you ask me.
1: If my kids don't like me, that I'm doing something right, right? Like, you know. And some of that, you know, is even with the women. And sometimes I've even said to them, like, "You might not like me right now, mm-hmm. but I'm doing this because, again, because I love you. And if if you don't, you know, if I hurt you." I'm, you know, like, I'm sorry, but this is what needs to be said. Like, right. and that's Sorry, just...
0: not sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we are brought to you by Fairbury Furniture. Fairbury Furniture is the area's favorite furniture store. Their selection is huge. Their staff is helpful and friendly. And they have all of your favorite brands of mattresses, tables, chairs, recliners, couches, and basically all furniture items. So make your home comfy, stylish, and delightful when you shop at Fairberry's own Fairberry Furniture. What, what's maybe something that you might say that's tr- not traditionally, that has in the past made, made people mad?
1: Um, one thing is the way sometimes the women dress. Like you mm. can't wear a low cut shirt upstairs. Like I have sons. And I have a husband, and it's it's just inappropriate. And God calls us; He says, "You know, do not let your brother stumble." And that's something that I take very seriously, especially in the sexual integrity issue that um, a lot of men and women struggle with. And I just wow, I yeah,
0: that's you. You are speaking truth right now. This is very <laughs> very cool. You know, it almost would take. It seems like it almost takes courage to say what you're saying to the public at large because society's kind of, there's kind of this notion that women can wear whatever they want, like Pertney be naked being naked. And, Watch me
1: roll my eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, I mean the same with men, you know, um, it's just basically express yourself, express yourself however you would like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: period. But you don't think that's the case. And I agree with you. Wholeheartedly. And plus, you're gonna, there's probably some good analogies to say, like. uh,
1: Some of it is self respect.
0: Self respect, yeah. Do you
1: respect yourself? Because when you, I mean, if you dress like that, I see it as you don't respect yourself. You can't sit here and say, well, he shouldn't look at me. Well, you shouldn't dress like that. You know, Mm -hmm. like I could go go on about it all day because it is something that, you know, really hits home for me and my husband. And I just, I don't like it.
0: (laughs) Right. Understood completely. I mean, and then you have to, if you dress a certain way, and I'm speaking on men's behalf and women's behalf, and if you act a certain way, you will attract a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time you dress in a way, people will dress in a way that attracts something other than what they want. So right. mm-hmm. it's just a very interesting phenomenon. It's just a
1: vicious cycle that goes round and round and round and round and right. needs to be broke. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that in one person, one woman to say, you know, this is not right, then I've done my job.
0: What's one of the most maybe memorable, maybe memorable the wrong word, most intense, perhaps extreme situations that one of your girls, one of your clients has come to you out of, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we had a woman that she was sleeping in a camper with, she was pregnant and she had a small child in the middle of summertime with no water, no air, no nothing, just sleeping in a a camper on someone's property. And so she then came and moved in with us and we, uh, helped her, um, with the life skills and now she's out. She's completed the program. She's got her own place and she's doing very well.
0: Jeez. What, what's the process? That's kind of a crazy story. That's almost, almost kind of random, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just in a camper slowly withering away with, with how many, just one kid, right? She
1: ha- she was pregnant and then oh, she pregnant. had a child. Yeah.
0: Sheesh. Wow. My goodness. What, what's the series of events? What's the process look like? Kind of start. So from the start, someone comes to you, they're in a a rough situation in their life, a young mother, a mother to be, they come to you. And how do they come to you, first of all? And then what do they say? What do you do? Like, what are those steps?
1: Um, So a lot of time, the pregnancy center, Sarah, she'll call me and say, Hey, you know, she'll tell me the situation of the girl, see if I could meet with her. Absolutely. Sometimes she'll call me and we'll have a phone conversation. Sometimes Sarah will bring her to the house. It's kind of however that works. But ultimately, there is an interview process. So we do have, um, like, they have things that they need to fill out, even to tell me more about them that then I can look over. um, I'll interview them, even to see if it's a fit for them. Like, this is who we are. This is what we do. These are some of the things that will be expected of you. Um, Are you ready? Do you think that you can, that you could commit to this? And a lot of times they don't want to commit to that. And that's fine. I mean, that's okay because they, there needs to become a point where they're ready Mm -hmm. and willing. Like I can't just, it wouldn't be beneficial for anybody if someone just came into the house and just wanted to lay around all day and do nothing. We are not trying to better yourself. You just want a free ride and we're not a free ride necessarily. Like That wouldn't be very loving you.
0: if you were. Right. Because exactly. That's not affect- that's not going to help them.
1: Exactly. It's just going to make it worse in the long run because then that's all they already a lot of times that's all that they know. Mm-hmm. And then we're just enabling them to continue to walk down that road of not change. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want is we want someone that's saying I'm ready to change. I'm ready for my life to be different. I know I can't walk down this road anymore. There's got to be something different. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what we're about, is making the change, seeing the difference. And hopefully, they come to know Jesus while they're in our home, so then they can see what God has for them.
0: Yes. Wow. Wow. That's pretty awesome. And, and it's is a little off topic, but I feel like people have to be breaking. They have to kind of break down, get broken to, they have to hit rock bottom is what I'm trying to say, because rock bottom, that's the foundation mm-hmm. of like everything. You know, you go deep enough, you break down this rock bottom foundation. Mm-hmm. And that is what you have to fix in order to build up. Because if you have a solid foundation, then you know Jesus, you come to your home, you learn the right things, the right ways of thinking, the right philosophies for life, then you can build pretty darn high, a pretty great structure on top of that. But a lot of times you have to hit rock bottom first. And sometimes girls aren't quite there probably and they aren't willing to, to live by your rules, I guess, in your home maybe. And mm. I don't know. That's just uh, sometimes it's a good thing to hit rock bottom. Although it sucks in the moment, sometimes it can be the best thing. It can be the way forward.
1: Absolutely. And that's what it was for me. Like I had to hit rock bottom before I knew what God wanted for me and how even where the Elizabeth home even came to our front door, you know, because we're from Iowa. And so we heard about the Elizabeth home. And I knew God had been preparing me for the last 13 years um, for this very moment for the Elizabeth home. And so I know what it's like to walk into a house not knowing who really God was and what he had for me. So I can relate to these women who are walking in the door, not knowing where to go or how to get there.
0: You said you hit rock bottom. You remember when you hit rock bottom. Could you tell me the story behind that?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I actually um, was into drugs and alcohol um, probably for four or five years of my life. I've been to jail a couple of times. Um, I gave my life to Christ when I was in jail. Um, And then when I got out, I went to a house called the Hepzba House. So that Hepzibah comes from Isaiah 62, and, Iza- and Hepzibah means He takes delight in her. So I went to this home, and they taught me how to read scripture. They taught me life skills. I was there with a couple other women. Um, they loved on me. They showed me what forgiveness looked like, God's grace and God's mercy. And um, I went to celebrate recovery, and I've been sober for 13 years. I haven't touched a drug since I walked out of jail. Um, And so I know what it's like walking into a home that I know that I need change. I don't know who Jesus is. I need someone to teach me that. And it changed the trajectory of my life. God just, he grabbed a hold of me and he really, I'm a miracle. Like I'm just, God did a miracle within me and I knew Um, you know, I read Psalm 51, it's David's crying out to, to the Lord, um, after he had sinned with Bathsheba. And, um, it says in there that, um, I will speak for you. I will open up my lips and tell the transgressors, you know, that who you are and that I love you. And so that's just been kind of the thing that I've lived by ever since, is if I have an opportunity to, to speak about what the Lord has done in my life, um, absolutely I will. And so this job gives me that opportunity to speak to these women and to say, I've been where you've been. I might not have been pregnant. I might not have had children, but I know what it's like to be in an abusive relationship. I know what it's like to not feel like you're alone or not have anybody. I know what it's like to give up all these things. I, When I lived at the Hepzibah House, I had to give up everything I've ever known. I didn't have a cell phone. I was engaged to get married. I that got canceled. Thank the Lord for that. You know, Um, I had to give up everything. I was stripped away from my job, from my apartment. You know, from everything. And so I can relate to them and say, I know. I know where you've been. I've been there, (sighs) and I can relate to you. And this is what God did and showed me through these things. And I want you to be able to do that as well because God takes delight in you. He does. And it's up to us to choose that. Like God was with, like I've seen, like when I look in the past, I've seen where God was next to me just saying, I'm here, I'm here. And it took a long time for me to realize that and to be able to say, okay, God, let's do this. And um, showing the women that you can choose a different way. You can choose Jesus. He's not going to do it for you. Like you have to do it. You have to be a participant within this journey with God. And um, that's ultimately my desire within the Elizabeth home is to show them God's grace and forgiveness and mercy to say you're not a lost cause. I, w- I wasn't a lost cause. If God can work through me and through the stuff that I had been through, God can do anything for anybody. And so that's really where it, it started.
0: Wow, what an incredible story. That was amazing. That's got a that's enough to serve as motivation for this whole operation for many, many years. That is incredible. We are brought to you by Marshaloni's Pizza in Fairbury, Illinois. Incredibly scientific studies show that when you ask someone what their favorite food is, 92% of the time, it's pizza. However, the only reason that's not 100% of the time is because some people have not had pizza from Marshaloni's Pizza in Fairbury, Illinois. Marshaloni's Pizza in Fairbury has savory sauces, creamy cheeses, and a variety of delicious toppings. For my birthday this year, instead of having cake, I had barbecue chicken pizza from Martialoni's and it was the best birthday ever. Martialoni's also offers a daily happy hour, so if you call between 4 and 5 p.m. and order a pizza, you will get the second one of equal or lesser value for free. Restrictions apply. You can even call at 4.45 p.m. during that happy hour, order your pizzas, and then pick them up at 8 p.m. and you will still get that happy hour discount. What the heck, that is so nice. For the most delicious pizzas around, head nowhere else but Marcelloni's Pizza in Fairbury, Illinois. Call them up and place your order today at 815-692-4602 and pick them up at 405 East Locust Street in Fairbury. When it comes to my own life, and I'm very interested in, I'll use some weird terms here, the metaphysics of prayer. The nature by which God operates, because it's not scientific in that science as we know it, the scientific method, is observation and analyzing the physical world. Well, God's metaphysical, so it's pretty tough to do that. I just, I'm fascinated by how that stuff all works. And you, God works through the Word, the words of the Bible. Quite literally. In the beginning it was only the word, the, mm-hmm. the logos. Is the word made flesh is Jesus. It was the word first. Anyways, I truly think that through scripture, through literal reading of the scripture, it's almost like <laughs> terrible analogy, but it's like you eat something and the nutrients in that food comes into your body. When you read the word of God, scripture truly it's not like reading a book where simple knowledge comes into your brain or like the words, the story that's being told comes in. It's like there's a grace. It's like the Holy Spirit somehow in some way, some weird way, comes into your heart and guides you mm-hmm. in a way that is beyond just your own decision making. It's, it's really, really incredible. And me, I'm a very logical person skeptical not skeptical I'm very devout in my faith I am still skeptical though like I still try to like figure everything out it's just so crazy to me because nothing in the world works like that but the word of God and have you ever noticed have you had stories of girls that come to you that are similar to your own have you had any success stories where they kind of find God and and enlighten their faith I guess or spark their faith?
1: So, I, so I've so i been here for two years, and we've had two women in our home. And um, one of the women that came in, she had attended church. Like, she knows who God is. <laughs> but seeing her realizing through, really through Celebrate Recovery, why she does what she does. And just seeing that, seeing even someone physical change. So... I, if I showed you a picture from before I knew Jesus in a picture now, you would not even know who I, who wow. I was. There has literally been a physical inward and outward change within me. And it's because I was dead. I was, I was dead you know dead to my sin i wasn't alive and then when the holy spirit entered me i became alive in jesus and so it's it's definitely you get to see this change and sometimes it might not be like oh well now she's doing this 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 and this it's i saw a light in her eyes i saw the light bulbs i saw the, the you know the things that were changing within th- her mind and even just seeing that in itself, just knowing that God's doing something, I might not be fully seeing the full picture. It mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter to me. I don't need to see the full picture. I'm seeing that there's this slow progression of change. And see again, seeing that is just, it's just so rewarding to be able to know that God is doing the same thing within this other person that he did within me. And... Um, yeah, before I came to know the Lord, I didn't know what the Bible was saying. I would read it, and none of it made any sense to me. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit definitely entered my body before I understood what it was saying. Mm-hmm. And so even trying to break that down, to try to teach them how to read the Bible, is, is um, crucial in to continue to letting the Holy Spirit change them.
0: I know back in the day... When they would make tapestry, you know, the big carpet like thing that you put on the wall, mm-hmm. um, they would weave it from behind. So they wouldn't, they would just, you know, one thread at a time. And they wouldn't, it, they'd see like a reverse weird image that looks terrible because they're from the back, mm-hmm. doing one thread at a time. But once, you flip it around, you see a gorgeous picture, mm-hmm. but all the person who's actually doing the weave-in sees is just thread, thread, mindless, no idea what's going on. It's like you can only connect the dots looking backwards. You have to trust that they'll connect moving forward. Right. And it seems like you kind of said something like that and that you can look back and see where God was near you in many, at many points throughout your life. Like, Would you, say, would you agree with kind of what I'm saying? You, sometimes you don't know how the dots are gonna connect but they end up connecting and you only know it looking back?
1: Absolutely. I mean, even before I had accepted Christ, like I can pinpoint, well, God saved me here and God protected me here. And, you know, whether or not I acknowledged that or saw that at the time, it is beautiful to be able to look back and say, you know, like, oh my gosh, he was here the whole time mm-hmm. and even in our our valleys that we that we go through sometimes like why god why are you doing this to me <laughs> and now being able to like look back and see well man's wow. rejection is god's protection sometimes and that's you know, good enough for me. And, you know, even, you know, like, why would God use my junk, you know, my disobedience, my, when I was far from Him, you know, why would God use that for now, for 13 years later? Like, mm-hmm. something that happened so long ago. And now, <laughs> I, when I, you know, got the the job description for the Elizabeth home, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, it makes so much sense that <laughs> all this, that you used all this stuff for 13 years down the road, like, who does that? What you does know?
0: time matter to God? Oh, what's right. what's 10 years to God? It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I find myself, as, as many people do, saying, why, God, why? Like, before this podcast, actually, there was, like, a, a six months or so, I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? It's like, God, I am so willing to follow you. But I, I'm like, you're, you're not really helping me out here. Just tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. And, like, I had just times where I felt so lost, did not know what to do. And somehow or another, he always pulls through. And then I, you know, I started this podcast and it's a dream come true. And it's just, I have to laugh at myself because it's happened so many times where I think that I know that God's neglecting me. I Mm -hmm. think God's neglecting me and I'm so sure of it. I'm like, come on, I'm trying to tell him what to do rather than just trust the process, trust that things will be okay now it's happened so many times where i've complained to god said where are you only to find that he's there like three months down the road and it was all part of the plan i just needed patience to where now it's kind of helped me to when i'm suffering in a moment things seem hopeless dreadful Mm -hmm. i try to remember this is gonna connect and that just helps so much that's hope in a nutshell i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) no reference to hope pregnancy center there but uh, (laughs) that was kind of funny I'm just curious, also about your story, because what a story that is. Can I ask what what did your life look like exactly before you went to jail? I know you said you went a couple times, a few times, maybe. Mm-hmm. What what kind of things were you doing in your life? What what drugs were you doing, if you don't mind me asking? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, I just so I kind of started when I was about like 17. I started dating this guy that ended up being very um, abusive, physically, emotionally, mentally, all. All the stuff, and um, that's really when I started using. Is I got to this this point where. I listened to, really, the enemy and his lies. You're worthless. No one cares about you. No one likes you anyway. i look in the mirror, and I hated the person that was looking back at me. So trying to fill this void that I had inside of me, I would try to use whatever earth had to offer for for that, um, or the world had to offer for that. For just
0: like a dopamine hit, a sense of pleasure.
1: So it started out as drinking, and then... That wasn't working anymore. So then I went to marijuana and that wasn't working anymore. You know, because the first time you use that drug, the dopamine is just, yeah. And so, but you can't ever get that back with continuing that one drug. It's, it's not, you're never going to have the same high again. So you got to go to the next thing.
0: Oh, and then the next uh, yeah. thing,
1: so it was marijuana. It was meth. It was cocaine. It oh was, my goodness! Yeah, it was meth. You, you yeah, get meth. Huh? I've shot meth. I've I've smoked meth. I've. You know, it's, I've done it all.
0: <laughs> it's really incredible looking at you and talking to you right now and hearing that. It's almost unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And you wouldn't really, re- I mean, recognize who I was then either. And so, I mean, it's not a laughing matter. Like, it's kind of funny now because I'm, I know I'm not that person anymore. Once you can
0: I- laugh about it, you've really made a change. <laughs> like, you know, it's, that's, that's a totally different you that it's almost humorous. And
1: that's why it's like, I am a miracle. If God totally, like, one day I was doing it and the next day I wasn't ever touching it again, that's, like, a miracle. So, um, so yeah, like, I was going to parties. I worked at a bar. I was um, sexually, uh, yeah, immoral, I you know, all the time. It was, I was living so far from God that, like, I was going to hell. I mean, there's no doubt about it, the, the stuff that I was doing and the things that I was doing, definitely on that road. Um, and then I landed, I got my first OWI, so that's in Iowa. It's an um, operating while intoxicated. Mm. So I got my first one at the age of 20. I um, got my second one at the age of 23. And so I was in jail for 30 days the second time. And then there were some women that came into the jail. They did jail ministry. I knew that there was something different about them. I wanted what they had. And they taught us how to read the Bible when we were in jail, when no one else wanted anything to do with us. They came in and saw us regardless of what we did or didn't do. And so then, yeah, that's when they opened up. They were opening up a home called the Hepzibah House. And three days after I got out of jail, I went in and I met my husband while I lived there and now we have four kids and, wow. <laughs> you know, so yeah, God did a, a 180 on my life and yeah.
0: How'd you meet your husband while you were in there? Was he also in there or was he working there or what?
1: No, he, um, he was on the worship team team at the church that I attended and my mentor actually, she kind of like, hooked us up Mm -hmm. even though I technically wasn't supposed to be dating when I was at the house since (laughs) they (laughs) since they knew him they kind of let us slide on that a little bit um so um yeah we knew each other for four months he proposed we got we were engaged for six months. I mean, we didn't even know each other a full year before we got married.
0: But wow. Yeah. Why is that such a common thing? Some of the best marriages I know and the most like God-oriented marriages that I know of, and truly the happiest marriages are a lot like that. I have theories, I guess, now that I think about it to why that is. Um, it might be It might be partly like the abstinence thing. If you're really serious, you might be like, okay, we're going to put off sex until marriage. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. This, we better hurry this yeah. up. that's hilarious was that at all part of the case if you don't yeah
1: yeah absolutely I'm just like okay I'm ready I know you're ready let's yeah so
0: why wait you know why wait that's incredible we are brought to you by Trisha's Treasures in Fairbury Illinois From gorgeous jewelry and fabulous furniture to one-of-a-kind collectibles and repurposed goods, Trish's Treasures is truly a treasure chest of unique gems. This charming Fairbury store is host to a vast selection of antiques and vintage goods, furnishings, rare and historic memorabilia, and more that is sure to catch your eye and warm your heart. Trisha's Treasures also specializes in refurbishing and repurposing furniture, containers, machinery, or anything that your creative mind can think to do something with in order to do their little part in reducing our environmental footprint. This place is an Etsy and Pinterest paradise that you simply have to come and visit. They have thousands of pictures of their inventory on their Facebook page, and they even offer local delivery as well. So for one-of-a-kind antiques, art, collectibles, furniture, gifts, and for any and all of your Refurbishing and repurposing needs, check out Trisha's Treasures in Fairbury, Illinois, located in the old bowling alley on the west end of town, right off of Route 24. That's Trisha's Treasures, a treasured vintage store. I, it just, what you've said, the stories that you've shared, and and I kind of know this too, and I think people need to realize, falling into situations that would put someone in a position to seek help from your organization you know, finding yourself as a single mother, pregnant and on your own, kicked out of the house, doing drugs, in an abusive relationship, maybe even homeless, that can truly happen to absolutely, that can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. That can happen to you, obviously, that can and that can happen to me. It's it, We like to think as people, that could never happen to me. No way. Those people are this, that, some negative character trait they have, mm-hmm. how they were raised, you know, it can happen to anyone and they are our fellow humans. And that should push us to not feel judgmental not to mm-hmm. not to judge them negatively and put ourselves above them in any way mm-hmm. but that should push us knowing that they're just like us mm-hmm. we should have compassion and genuine care and and do things like what you're doing have the mindset that you have do you do you think that Am I just being pessimistic? Do you think a lot of people like to consider themselves to be different and above people that find themselves in those situations?
1: Oh, abso- absolutely, we do. And one one thing that I really want to convey is they do what they know. A lot of times these young this y- younger generation or the the young women that I get to speak into their parents are living off the government. Their parents are doing the same thing. So they're growing up in this environment where this is all they know. They don't know any different. So how are they going to know any different if we don't teach them, if we don't come alongside of them and show them that let's try to not live on the government. Let's get a job. Let's, you know, like, let's do these things. And and that's the thing is we, we're a product of our parents, right? Mm-hmm. I would assume, you know, I would, you know, yeah like all I know is what I grew up with. my dad was a hard worker, my mom stayed home. you know like I knew that that's what what I wanted in life is mm-hmm. I wanted to marry a man that was a hard worker and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I mean, obviously that is now. but like
0: you can I'm fall so, off the rails too just, right
1: know? absolutely because we have a choice. There comes a point where we have a choice where we can change. We don't have to live a certain way, but we need someone to teach us how to do that. If you've never been taught how to make a meal plan, if you've never been taught how to clean your house, if you've never been taught how to do these things, how can I expect you to just magically know how to do these things? If your mom wasn't attentive to you, if your mom didn't cook you dinner at night, How are you going to know how to do those things? And that's where I feel like the church, we need to be not just giving a handout, not just, oh, let me pray for you, which that is fine, but let's do it. Let's get next to these women. Let's teach them. Let's show them. And sometimes it's easy to throw money at things, but it's harder to get in the trenches and do the work. Mm-hmm. And I oh, think yeah. that's where that's we come. And that's what And I feel like we're in a society, oh, well, here's 100
0: bucks. People love to virtue signal. They really do. It's like, look, look, look money, look, mm-hmm. I'm sharing the status, I'm sharing the picture, mm-hmm. look, uh, you know, they like to do their little part that vis- uh, visually, that shows that they are virtuous, you know, they like to signal, virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. It's rare to find people that, like you said, like to get down in the trenches and really do the, the legwork, you mm-hmm. know.
1: And, the, and that's no, like, dig on any church or anything like right. that. I know that churches do those things. I'm just saying, like, those things are easy to do. Mm-hmm. They are. And, but if, if, can you imagine if we've got even 50% of a church that's teaching a woman how to, how to do something, can you imagine what, what life would look like, what Pontiac would look like, what Bloomington would look like if we had people that instead of looking down on them, coming alongside of them. And, and helping. And the other person needs to be willing. You can't help someone that doesn't want to be
0: helped. Exactly, exactly. And I would imagine to do what you're saying we should do, people do try. And I think people shy away from it after a while quite often. Because if you go out and try to, well, let's say you try to spread the gospel. that This happens in that for sure. Spread the gospel. Or you try to reach out to someone and help them who is a struggling single mother, struggling pregnant woman, things like that, you're often met with some animosity and resistance. And that could be for a number of reasons. Uh, Of course, it can be offensive. And the reason it's offensive a lot of the time, psychologically speaking, is if someone knows deep down in their heart that they are in trouble, like they have made some bad decisions, they need to fix some things, and it's not comfortable to look at, they kind of like put that in the fog, they kind of neglect that, they don't want to look at that, and you start calling it out, sometimes and you start showing them the thing that they've been trying to ignore sometimes a sharp insult your way will be enough to stun you and shut you up and leave them to keep that thing in the fog and it's just it's it's a tough call to do it's a tough call to answer i guess to go out and help these people because you got to be tough like you you probably have to be tough in or- i'm sure you've been met with some harsh rejection before right like mm have you ever reached out to people and they're like, who are you? Like, shut up, lady. Leave me alone. Has that ever happened?
1: Oh, absolutely. And some of the women that come into the house, they'll tell me, you don't understand. You weren't a single mom. How can you tell me how to do this? (laughs) And I go, you know what? You're right. I can't, but I know someone who can. And I go and I get that whoever that person might be, and I say, okay, now they can speak into that. If you don't want to listen to me because I haven't been where you've been, that's fine, I'll find someone who has, mm-hmm. and then I'll bring them to you. So you, so they can insult me all they want because I'm like, that's fine. And two, I know what God has done in my life, and a lot of times I can, I can use that and say, God did an amazing work in me, and I know that he can do an amazing work in you. If you let him, and it all comes back to that, if you let him, and so if they want to insult me or whatever, I just have to turn it back to that and just say, I know you're hurting and that's fine because hurting people hurt people. That's just all there is to it. And... Hurt,
0: oh, I see. Hurting people, yeah. people who are hurting, hurt people. Hurt people. Right.
1: They do. And so that just is another confirmation that if someone wants to lash out on me, I know you're hurting... And that's okay. But there's another, there's another way to this. And if they don't want to listen, there does come a point where it's like, okay, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, and you don't want to listen, then I'm going to wipe my feet off and I'm going to essentially walk away mm-hmm. and say, the seed has been planted. I have done what God has asked me to do. I've done what he has called me to do. And hopefully then someone behind me, the next person, will speak truth into their life because I ultimately God isn't gonna use me to save everybody. I'm I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can only have God save or how do I want to word this? The Holy Spirit, you know, he has me for certain people. I know that. Like for people that that he wants me to reach. And that's not everybody. Mm-hmm. There's other people that God is going to use for maybe that person that didn't listen to me. But that's okay. Because God came or Jesus came and he obviously made some people mad. Oh, <laughs> there yeah. was some people that didn't obviously listen to him. Did, yeah. And so what, why do I think that it's gonna be any different for me, right? And so, but God or Jesus didn't stop, he continued to go. And that's how I need to look at it as, I can't stop just because someone hurt my feelings. You know, I can't stop because, you know, someone stepped on my toes. I just have to continue to to do what God has called me to do.
0: Beautifully put there. And something I, I think about people who have been through things as hardcore as what you've been through, they often, if they come out, which is tough to do, if they come out the other end, a better person and they know God and basically come out in a, a manner similar to what you have is they're very often tough as nails. Like I, I've worked with people at restaurants who they're so sweet now. Really, only, I can only think of one or two other people who has a similar story to yours because usually they don't come come out the other end, but um, at least better or, or a great person, I guess. But anyways, like I've worked with a lady who is in a similar situation to your own She came out and she hung around, I mean, the, I don't know what to call them without being too offensive, the scum of the earth, actually, (laughs) I'll say that, just really rough people like dealing with prostitution even and stuff. And she came out the other end. And so she's very sweet to all her restaurant people. But as as soon as someone like a big man was scaring us, like he was uh, maybe intimidating her or trying to intimidate her or something or being a jerk at a restaurant late in the night. Like, she would stand up to him no problem. Like, it takes a lot to scare her, to offend her. Mm -hmm. As I imagine, it's the case also for you. Like, yeah, it's just, um, if you can make it through that, you're gonna come out a really great person. I think it's pretty cool to see. We are brought to you by Forest Edge Tree Service. If you have trees or tree stumps on your property that you want gone, go nowhere else but Livingston County's premier tree service provider, Forest Edge Tree Service. Your yard is no place for looming dead or damaged trees because it's just a matter of time before one comes down, ruining your property, ruining your week, and ruining your bank account. This is exactly why you need to be a responsible adult and hire the services of Forest Edge Tree Service. Simply give Joe Rudin a call or text at 815-615-3037 to get a free quote today. Keep your family, pets, vehicles, and neighbors safe and save yourself from a world of headaches when you call or text Forest Edge Tree Service to get those dangerous, looming, troublesome trees off of your property. That's Forest Edge Tree Service, Livingston County's premier tree service service provider. So this profession that you're in, it has to carry a lot of emotional baggage, right? You deeply care for these these young women. How do you deal with that? And and what's maybe the hardest situation that you see time and time again for you to deal with? Like, is there a certain, certain um, structure to, you know, when a girl comes in, she's young, and she's with a kid, and she got kicked out. Like, is that the most... The, the hardest situation for you to deal with? I'll let you answer, though. Is there a specific kind of situation that's tough?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing... So obviously, I get very emotionally attached to these women and their children. And I think the biggest thing for me is seeing these kids, these poor children that don't know any better. They're just really kind of along for the ride, I guess it breaks my heart to know that these kids are are like going through the same process that they're having they're jumping around from house to house to house because they don't have a steady home or they're just you know kids need a schedule Kids need some stability. They need to know what's happening next for them to feel safe. So when you've got a mom that's jumping here from there to there, still wanting to live her life because she's young and she wants to do what she wants to Mm -hmm. do because she wants to do it, that tears me apart knowing that these children are in this that there's no stability for them. They don't know who they can trust or who they can love or where they're going to be the next night or if they're going to get a nap today. Are they going to get lunch? Are they going to get a bath? they, You know, like Hmm. these children are just in this mess and I can't save them. I can only do so much, but if the mother chooses not to take the tools that we have given them or decide that they don't want to do the program and they leave. And I have no idea where they're going, who they're with. I can't protect them any longer. And that kills me. That um, I might, I'm going to not get emotional. But that ultimately, it, it just, it tears me apart to know that I can't control the environment that they're in. And I can't just go in and rescue them from wherever they're at. And it's sad because it's not just happening with this one woman. It's happening everywhere. And what I wouldn't give to be able to save all the children, but I can't. And that's what keeps me up at night
0: wow and what makes it all even more difficult is knowing that the children have done nothing to deserve the neglect or the less than adequate upbringing they're just there Mm -hmm. they're and they're going to be largely a product of their environment
1: absolutely it's absolutely true
0: the most innocent among us yeah that's that's very difficult that no surprise that that's the hardest part of what you do. What are maybe some of the things that women that have come to you and come out the other end through your program better people? What are some of the things that they say to you after it's all done? I assume there's words of thanks often.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it, you know, worth it is, you know, them knowing that regardless of what they had done before and even when they leave that I still love them. And I'm always going to be a part of their lives, whether they want it or not. <laughs> you know, I am I still am in contact and still asking, you know, hey, how is this going? Hey, how's your job? How are the kids? You know, like mm-hmm. s- them knowing that I'm still a constant in their life. And I think sometimes these women and children, they don't have a constant person. They don't have someone that has never said to them, It doesn't matter what you do. I'm still going to be here for you, and I'm still going to love you. A lot of these moms and children don't know what that's like. All they know is, well, you made me mad. See you later. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm I'm done with you. Here you are again, making these dumb mistakes. See ya. Bye. That's not who I am. Right. I'm going to be a constant in your life. And that...
0: (sighs) You're a rare breed. That's crazy. (laughs) Wow.
1: But that that is... It's truly... You know, what it is, is just being that constant person and saying, you know, showing who God is. Who God is. Isn't that what God says? I will never leave you or forsake you. I will n- always be here. Wherever you look, I'm with you. And I want them to know that no matter what they do, I'm going to be there for them. I don't care if you steal from my house or if you, whatever that might be, I'm here. <laughs>
0: oh, gosh. That is awesome. Your, your perspective is incredible. It really is. You, your understanding of these situations, your compassion, your maturity about it all, it's staggering, to be quite honest. That's why I said you're a rare breed. It's, it's, it's fantastic. You are in the right profession. Um, one thing I wanted to say, you just correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you said it annoys you when you see mothers who you've helped or maybe who have came through a program halfway and left or something like that, neglecting their kids in, in one way or another, it seems... And they're going out and living their lives. It seems like the message that you would want to say to them is, like, grow up. Like, look, quit living for just yourself now. Mm-hmm. One, live for your kids primarily before yourself. That's really what love is, is it not? Is willing the good of the other, even at the sacrifice to yourself? Mm-hmm. Is that... Am I am I accurate at all in that? Like, are you trying to say just, hey, would you like to say grow up? You know, you're a you're a mom now.
1: Well, some of it is too, is stop being selfish. All these things that you're doing is selfishness. And it's not doing anybody any favors. And two, you know, I and and there is a fine line. Once they move out and they're on their own, there's this fine line where I have to be still very careful with what I say and how I say it because I don't want to push them even farther away from me to where then they won't let me speak into their lives. So I have to be very careful in how I communicate with them to make sure that I'm still, that they'll still allow me to speak into that. Um, So just even practical little things. Sometimes I want to say a whole bunch of stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I have to be a little bit more discerning in what I say when they're not in my home to make sure that I'm not pushing them all the way out. And two, I do, um, can your kid come and stay the weekend with us? We'd love to have them be with us. Our kids you know, love them. They've lived in our home for X amount of time. Can they just come for the weekend? And then a lot of times... The answer is yes. And so then, one, I know that they're getting fed. Two, I know they're getting bathed. Three, I know that they're in a safe environment where they're loved and they have that constant person. And so ultimately keeping that relationship um, good, even though I'm still saying, look at your actions. Look Mm -hmm. at what you're doing. Why are you doing this? You're being selfish. Still being able to say those things but still be a part of their life. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. But it's incredible what kind of balance that must take. It seems like a complicated dance to Mm -hmm. dance. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of times it's, okay, Tyler, can I, (laughs) that's my husband, should I, (laughs) can I send this or (laughs) can you, does this sound, you know, okay? And, you know, making sure that we're constantly in, you know, my husband and I are in communication with one another to make sure that, um, what's being perceived. And, you know, he's the rock of all of it. I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Who spends, who do you think spends more time actually speaking to the people? Is it, is it you or your husband, Tyler?
1: It's, it's primarily me, but if I need some backup, um, Tyler for sure will come in. And if I'm trying to convey something in theirs, because sometimes what will happen is then they won't take me as seriously because I'm doing the day in and the day out. And, Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes there can be some boundaries that are crossed and within like we be, they then think they look at me as more of a friend figure mm-hmm. instead of their authority. And so then if they're not um, being respectful towards me, that's when my husband comes in and he says, nope, you know, I'm the authority of this home and you will, you know, listen to to my wife and that's what this looks like. And so, he'll step in if if we really need a hammer to come down. Right. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, yes, it's it's primarily me.
0: Got it. So he's the enforcer, I, I guess. Yes. Yes. We are brought to you by the Coffee Steamer. The Coffee Steamer is Livingston County's premier coffee joint. Their trailer in Fairbury boasts delicious and decadent coffee drinks, teas and smoothies, while their full-service cafe in Forest has all that plus tons of incredible baked goods, sandwiches and salads. Life is too short to drink bad coffee. So head on over to the Coffee Steamer and start your mornings or your afternoons off right. On your website... It says that quote, we are the hands and feet of God on a mission to expand His kingdom. End quote. What does that What does that mean exactly to you?
1: Um, well, to me, um, I, we are all hands and feet of God, aren't we? We we all get in and do the dirty work, and we're we're supposed to go where God has called us to to go and to do what God has called us to do. And, um, you know, we've had Bible studies at the house bringing more just women wanting to do um, life with each other. And really, that's just it's what it is, is getting your hands and feet dirty for the glory of God.
0: Right. And we're about to wrap this thing up here. This has been absolutely incredible. Probably, probably the last question here, I think, unless I have one right (laughs) after. But if the this is a big question. So take your time. If the Elizabeth home were to do live out its mission and do its job to the best degree possible, what would that look like? What would that look like maybe in the surrounding area in Pontiac? If you could do, if you had adequate funding, as much funding as you wanted and you did the best job possible, what, what would that look like then?
1: Um, well, I would want a 98% success rate <laughs> if it looked exactly like I wanted it to look. Um,
0: <laughs> Why would you want 98% if, well, it, I mean, if it looked... <laughs>
1: obviously 100%, but that's never that's unrealistic, right. even yeah. though 98% probably is too. But, okay. um, you know, like a, a high success rate. Uh-huh. Um, and really, once once a person has come out of the muck... Once a person has seen the other side of what God can do versus living in in it, then what's going to happen? They're going to go and tell other people about Jesus because they know what it's like to live here and wanting to live here. So ultimately, the gospel will be spread throughout um, Livingston County and beyond Because these women are going to be excited. They're going to want to tell their friends who Jesus is and what God has done for their lives. So ultimately, the dream of what that would look like would be that, would be these women then taking what they have, being successful members of society, and then spreading what God has done, even through the Elizabeth home, you know, God using the Elizabeth home to change um, their lives and being able to then spread that.
0: And in, in ultimately, I mean, improve life here on earth for as many families as possible, but also it seems to, you know, you spread the gospel to get the maximum amount of people to heaven, Abs- ultimately.
1: Absolutely. And then even for us to purchase more homes... To be able then to spread, you know, if we had unlimited funds, you know, then to be able to purchase another home and then just continue to be able to help more women with um, within this area. Because right now, we're just one at a time. So if we could purchase another property to be able to do two women or three women or whatever that might look like, to be able to continue to go forth.
0: Wow absolutely beautiful. What an incredible organization. What an incredible person you are as well. This conversation has been so meaningful. Thank you for having it with me. It's, It's been an honor to have you on.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. All right. That's a wrap. That was electric. I love that. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Paul Garcia Show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on Facebook or with your friends. And if you haven't already, like this page on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave this show a 5-star rating and an honest review. If you'd like to support The Paul Garcia Show, you can do so by donating any dollar amount on Venmo to The Paul Garcia Show. Additionally, if you'd like to become a monthly donor and gain access to exclusive bonus this footage, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash Paul Garcia. Until next Sunday, thanks for listening and watching. I'm Paul Garcia. God bless and have a great week.